This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. And welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and it is a big day for fans of the New York Rangers. And we are going to treat it as such here on the Hockey Hotbed. Not only am I going to give my thoughts, obviously, on the Henrik Lundqvist retirement that is coming up later this evening, whenever the Rangers take on the Minnesota Wild at Madison Square Garden. We're also going to bring on a guest that knows more than I could ever know about the impact and the meaning of Henrik Lundqvist back in New York, back at MSG, getting that number retired. He'll be the 11th New York Ranger to get his number retired. And for that, we will be talking to James Whalen of the Broadway Boys podcast, as well as the Morning Skate. And we'll talk to him about, I mean, just the Rangers in general. They are currently tied for first place in the Metropolitan Division with the Pittsburgh Penguins, as well as the Carolina Hurricanes. Crazy three-team tie there. So we'll talk to him about his team, about Igor Shosturkin, about what moves we could possibly see from Chris Drury and company. And then we're obviously going to finish it off by talking about Henrik Lundqvist and what he meant to James being a diehard Rangers fan. I mean, the guy works on Broadway. He, he's pretty close, as close to a diehard Rangers fan, like picture perfect diehard Rangers fan as you can get. So I really think everybody's going to enjoy that interview that we did. But before we get to that, we're going to go coast to coast a little bit to start this episode because a couple of storylines leaking through since Tuesday's episode and one of the big ones, he did it again. Trevor Zegris of the Anaheim Ducks is just out there having the time of his goddamn life. Not only did he hit the dish again, which is something that nobody ever expected to see in a National Hockey League game. He was able to do that against Buffalo. At this point, it's been a couple months, and that took the NHL by storm. He got media credentials everywhere. He ended up on Good Morning America on ABC, I guess that is. I don't know. And realistically, it put hockey at the front page of everybody's newspaper, or at least hypothetical newspaper, now that everybody uses their phones, for like a week. And then in the hockey world, it lasted like two or three weeks because it was something that nobody had ever seen before. It was creative. It was cool. So that was the dish again. Well, on Thursday night, Trevor Zegers said, you know what, instead of passing it and just getting an assist for something like that, I'm just going to go do the Michigan against the Montreal Canadiens. Coming down the right wing side, has some space behind the net and just figures why the heck not he puts in a Michigan goal unbelievable in a in a 5-4 win for the Anaheim Ducks so it's not just like he's doing this for a garbage team and it doesn't really matter he's doing this for a team that is currently sitting in a playoff position the guy is an absolute stud out there I mean he's he's having a great rookie season hard to deny how talented he truly is and then he goes out and does stuff like this. I mean, there's going to be obviously some people that go on the other side of the aisle and say, oh, this isn't good for hockey. Listen, we all expect those types of responses. We all expect those types of comments and commentary from people such as, I don't know, maybe a Barry Melrose. 
He's kind of halfway old school, halfway new school. I don't think he knows what he is. But especially a guy like John Tortorella is not going to love this. But just ignore those people. All they're doing is giving this more of a platform, which is good for the sport of hockey. This isn't even a conversation I wanted to have in this. It's not in my notes. But it's good for hockey. That's the, the plain and simple fact, and we move on from that. But no, Trevor Zegris is having a great season. He is obviously put his name on the map this year. The last two calendar years has really been, I don't want to see the years of Trevor Zegris, but he's really gone from, hey, this is just a random Anaheim Ducks prospect, could be a pretty good player, to obviously U18 World Junior Championship gold with Team USA back in 2020. And now a guy that is going to be synonymous with the Calder conversation for the rest of the season, as he has been all year long up to this point. Right now, a lot of people actually have him as the leader in the clubhouse. And they had him as the leader in the clubhouse before the season even started. The question was, is it going to be Trevor Zegers or is it going to be his buddy Cole Caulfield? Well, Cole Caulfield has fallen off of a cliff. You don't have to worry about him in the Calder conversation because he is now not going to be anywhere near the final three. But Trevor Zegers right now still not only just in the final three conversation, he is considered by many to be the Calder Trophy favorite at this point. Now, who's with them there? Obviously, Lucas Raymond of the Detroit Red Wings, as well as Moritz Sider of the Detroit Red Wings. So it's going to be a tight race this year. It's going to be a fun race to watch. But Trevor Zegers is starting to pick it up, not just in the fact that, you know, he's very likable. He's a guy that goes on national media all the time. He loves doing media. He loves having fun. He's unapologetically himself, which is something we've said of a lot of young stars across multiple different leagues. And that is what Trevor Zegers brings. And I absolutely love it because... For a while there, the Ducks were not a fun team to watch. And even if they're not scoring goals, which they are scoring goals at a much better rate this year than they have in the two years past, he's a big reason for that. Also, Troy Terry, who's going to the All-Star game, is as well. But Trevor Zegras is making the Ducks can't miss right now. I mean, not, not to the highest extent in the National Hockey League, but he's getting that team to can't miss status, which is something that... Corey Perry couldn't do when he was there. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't can't miss because it was, you know, it was a boring, plodding style of game. At least that's in my opinion. Something that Ryan Getzlaff couldn't do. Something that nobody could do in Anaheim since, I mean, I'm trying to think of it. Maybe Paul Correa, T. Mussolini, those guys. That's what Trevor Zegras is doing in Anaheim right now. And that's why I think he does have that edge over Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider because, I mean, they're obviously bringing great hockey back to hockey town itself, but Trevor Zegers is doing things that are unparalleled, and now he's starting to get the counting stats to go with it. 12 goals, 32 points, and 40 games played. That's a really solid rookie season for a guy that, you know, didn't start off hot, and I did see online, and I should know who it was, and I should give him credit, but a Detroit Red Wings writer, which is why it makes sense, say, you know, He's the leader in the clubhouse, but he's a minus 11 on a team that's goal differential is plus two. That's not a good sign. Who is talking about plus minus anymore? If you're going to bring up a stat like, like that, bring up more analytical stats. Bring up Corsi. Bring up, I don't know, expected goals percentage or something, but he's a rookie. He's a young kid. He's not supposed to, I mean, at this point, if he's good at defense, that's just a bonus. But right now, you're trying to get a guy at his age to just mature in the league as a goal scorer and as a point scorer. You can teach defense later. I mean, look at Sidney Crosby's career. He couldn't play defense to save his life early on. And now he's a guy that every year people say, you know what? 
maybe he can go out there and win the two-way forward of the year award. I mean, maybe he can go out there and stay along the likes of Patrice Bergeron, Sean Couturier for, for that award. But that's not where Trevor Zegras is at in his career. He's out there trying to become a professional hockey player in the sense of goal scoring, in a sense of point scoring, and he's starting to do that. Like I said, 32 points in 40 games for him. It's great for the sport of hockey. It's great for the Anaheim Ducks, and we're going to get to see playoff Trevor Zegras in year number one. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I think he's an absolutely phenomenal player. And in that game where he scored the Michigan goal against the Montreal Canadiens, unfortunately, no fans in the stands, but what can you do with that? I'm sure the fans would have gone crazy even if it was a road game. But in that game, he scored two goals as well. He was the number one star for the Anaheim Ducks 5-4 to four win over the Montreal Canadiens. So absolutely great stuff there from the kid. The next thing I want to talk about, Evander Kane. Uh, the saga is finally starting to come to a conclusion where... The rest of it will be, hopefully, on the ice. And that's where Evander Kane hopes it ends. That's where the Edmonton Oilers hopes it goes. They just want this to now be a story of how does he perform instead of what is he doing off the ice. Because he is obviously now cleared by the NHL. The investigation into his COVID traveling back around Christmas time has concluded. And it concluded with non-conclusive evidence against Evander Kane. So there will be no disciplinary action at the time whenever the NHL released this statement. He was a free agent. He was able and available to play for any team that he chooses. And of course, with that choosing, it is not made official yet. But we assume it's going to be made official as soon as all the paperwork goes through. And the, in the what's it called? The physical goes through as well. But Evander Kane is going to officially sign with the Edmonton Oilers. They get a little bit of help, which is what they're going to need to bounce back into a playoff spot. And honestly, to prove to anybody around the nation that they can actually be a playoff team this year, like a decent playoff team instead of just a one-and-done playoff team, like they've been pretty much all of Connor McDavid's career. Let's not forget the fact that he only has one series win and now, what is it, six seasons and he only played in three postseasons and one of that was a play-in loss to the Chicago Blackhawks so Evander Kane might be a piece to help obviously a nice piece for them was Zach Hyman his goal scoring went up yeah not went up but it really was impressive early on in the season coming from Toronto to Edmonton now you bring in a guy like Evander Kane where if we're talking about him strictly on the ice which we have to you can put him on the first line with Connor McDavid, and there is an absolutely outstanding first line where you don't even have to worry about putting Leon Dreisaitl, who is leading the league in scoring. You don't have to put Dreisaitl on that line. You can spread the lineup out a little bit, have a little bit more of a scoring threat, and be a better team. Because this is, there's a reason this team was so good early on in the season. It's because they were, they were converting at 50% on the power play, and that's when, obviously... You're using both Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. This team needs to have success when one of those two are on the bench. That's how they're going to move up the standings. That's how they're going to impress more people. And that's how they're going to be able to win in a playoff series. They're not going to be able to win in a playoff series simply because they scored more power play goals than the other team scored goals. I mean, that's not a way to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So adding a guy like Evander Kane coming off of six straight 20-plus goal seasons. He is a proven commodity when it comes to talent on the ice. Again, his off-the-ice issues, if he can keep it in check, this is a great move for the Edmonton Oilers. They still need a lot more to be considered anywhere close to favorites, anywhere close to a playoff lock at this point, considering where they're at in the division. They're going to need 
some help on the defensive side. And they're definitely going to need a new goaltender. Like, I am still completely shocked that they have not made the move for Marc-Andre Fleury yet. Or somebody, because, you know, Miko Koskin and Stuart Skinner, those guys, they might not even get you to the playoffs, let alone get you through the playoffs. So, I don't know what the holdup is there up in, in Edmonton. I don't know what Kenny Holland is doing up there. But at least in the terms of this move... If Evander Kane can stay out of the negative press, can stay out of the news for the wrong reasons, which, I mean, it's not easy in Edmonton. We already just saw what, you know, Jim Matheson's pretty hard on the players up there. Evander Kane is not going to have a free ride, but if he can stay out of the negative press, he, if he can just put his head down, focus on hockey instead of being an absolute, you know, for lack of a better term, he's a dickhead. But if he can prevent himself from being a dickhead and just play hockey, it's going to be a good addition for the Edmonton Oilers, and they'll get the, whatever, the moniker of being the ones that turned him into the right path, but no team has been able to do that before. We'll see if he's able to, and the, and obviously the details of that year, that contract, he was signed through the rest of this year, so he'll be a UFA once again in the offseason, having the option to go where he wants. He signed for $2.1 million, and that's split up between signing bonus and salary pretty evenly as well, so... Evander Kane officially with the Edmonton Oilers. Eventually, we'll see him on the ice. I think on the ice, it's a good move. I think off the ice, obviously, I'd be tentative, but we'll see what happens in that situation. Before we move over to our interview with James Whalen of the Broadway Boys podcast, thank you again to James for jumping on. It's a, it's a great interview, so I hope you stick with us for it. I want to talk a little bit about Henrik Lundqvist's number retirement. Obviously, tonight, Wild versus Rangers. Puck drops at 8, but everybody's going to be tuning in a little bit early to see that number 30 go straight up into the rafters. Henrik Lundqvist meant so much to so many people, and you didn't have to be a Rangers fan. You obviously knew who Henrik Lundqvist was. You knew how good he was. He is considered by many, including me, one of the top five players of all time to never win a Stanley Cup, and that's not a fun moniker to have, and I'm sure Patrick, or not Patrick, but Henrik Lundqvist is not happy about that stat, but it's still an endearing thing to say to somebody. It's like, you were so good. How did you not win? And it was for, through no fault of his own. Henrik Lundqvist was such a good goaltender for so many years for the New York Rangers. And that is the only team he played for, even though he did sign with the Capitals that last year before having heart complications and never actually stepping onto the ice with the team. He's a career Ranger. And he talked about it on Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show, what it means to be a New York Ranger, and he embodied that through the entire you know, mid to late 2000s, and including almost all of the 2010s. This is a guy that hit the ground running absolutely phenomenally. You know, career numbers, 887 games played, all with the rags, 459, 310, and 96 record. Really, really good member of the 400 club for NHL goaltenders. Career 243 goals allowed average, 918 save percentage, and 64 career shutouts. I mean, the guy is an absolute stud. There's a reason that everybody's saying he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. It is because he is a, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it. So, Henrik Lundqvist, I mean, congratulations. It's going to be a great moment at MSG tonight. I mean, some other accolades really quickly before we send it over to our interview with James. 2011-12 Vezina Trophy winner and a two-time All-Star. And like I said, eventually, whenever eligible, he will be a Hockey Hall of Famer. So I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'll be joined by James Whalen to talk more about Henrik Lundqvist as well as the entire New York Rangers team. We'll be right back. 
Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Joining me now is an expert on the New York Rangers to talk a little bit about the season that has been so far for the Blue Shirts and also to talk a little bit about King Henrik Lundqvist. Welcome on to the show, James Whalen from the Broadway Boys podcast, as well as the Morning Skate. How's it going, James? I'm doing well. I would say Andy's more the expert. I'm just the over-emotional fan that kind of, you know, uh, it's almost like a therapeutic session every time I do the podcast with Andy. So uh, we'll we'll call him the expert. Okay. I mean, hey, either way, it's an outlet to be able to just express all those feelings for your team. Absolutely. No, no, I'm pumped to be here. And, uh, you know, I think we're both having, you know, pretty good seasons so far. So I think we have a lot to talk about because uh, – you know, going forward from here and just this kind of reminds me of the, you know, early mid 2000 and teens, I guess I should say now, uh, kind of weird to say that, uh, of, you know, the Rangers and Penguins both having, you know, cup contending teams. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, the New York Rangers, as we sit here and discuss, they are in first place in the Metropolitan Division, top five in the National Hockey League. And a lot of that has been, obviously, you have a great roster there in New York. But a lot of that has also been attributed to the fact that it's year number one of Gerard Gallant. What kind of difference has he made to this team in his first year behind the bench? Well, I'm, I'm sure you know the New York Rangers were kind of embarrassed last year. And it was kind of like an ongoing theme that we get pushed around and bullied and you know, I thought there was a, a few factors affecting the Rangers. And number one was we had a rookie head coach with a bunch of rookies on our team. And I felt like with some of the players on our team, the, you know, the more experienced, the Criders, the Benajads, Panarins, um, they kind of needed a coach that they respected and, you know, garnished the respect immediately of the younger guys. We didn't need a guy that was kind of learning on as he went, you know, through the process. And, and Gallant was just the perfect choice for the New York Rangers. A guy that's been behind the bench, he's seen it all, he gets your respect right away, and he kind of solidified, you know, the Rangers as, 
you know, a, a team that can play a system that's, you know, physical, high energy and fits the roster and not so much the tic-tac-toe stuff that, uh, you know, that Quinn tried to preach constantly that ended up not working out very well. Well, it's definitely worked out at least in the first half of the season for the New York Rangers and somebody else that has seen a drastic just improvement in the first half is Chris Kreider. I mean, there's there's many stories about the New York Rangers this year. I mean, you have Shesterkin, which we'll get to, obviously. You have Panarin and Fox who are playing lights out. But Chris Kreider, first ever 30-goal season. They're only halfway through the year. He was the first player in the whole league to get the 30 goals this season. How important of a figure is Kreider to the Rangers team as a whole? Obviously, he, he's a big just influence in the locker room as well. How important is he to this team? And what do you think has changed this year for him? Listen, I hated the contract when we signed him. I wanted him gone. Send him to Boston. Let you know. Let him be uh, uh, just an overrated dud over there. I called him Casper the Friendly Ghost because he'd disappear for 30 games at a time. This year, I don't know if it's Gallant got into his ear and said, you know, this is your time. This is your team. Take control of it. But, oh, my God, he's just been an absolute beast in front of the net. And, you know, I think this style really suits him where he can – kind of be explosive kind of do his own thing, roving around the offensive zone and when he establishes himself in front of the net I honestly I used to think Pavelski was the best net front player in the hockey in the National Hockey League mm-hmm. I would say Kreider now obviously is taking that role as the best net front player in the league I mean he just his hand-eye coordination is you know top tier uh he you know puts in rebounds and he's just impossible to move in front of the net so yeah I I mean I'll gladly wear this egg on my face uh, if he can just continues this pace because it's it's unbelievable. And I'm almost a little worried that I'm going to have my heart broken, that he's going to disappear again. So uh, I'm cautiously op- optimistic about this. I mean, and here's the thing about that. Kreider has been great, and he's obviously leading the team in goals, but he's still third on the team in points. The point is you have guys like Artemi Panarin. You have guys like Adam Fox. It's such a deep roster up there in New York that even if he falls off a little bit or regresses to the mean even, you still have guys there that are going to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, it's so weird this season. It's just so different from the last, uh, you know, few, especially the last few seasons. But the New York Rangers have always struggled to have their all-star players play like all-stars. And now that we we kind of have that core group performing at levels that are, you know, it puts me in disbelief that we actually have these type of players, the Faz, the Panarins, the Benajads, the Criders. They're putting up all these numbers. Now we kind of need the supporting cast to step up a little bit, and I think that would put us over the top as a real contender because I still think the Rangers right now are not at, like, the Penguins level who just continue to win and never lose. But, you know, I, I think there's going to be some moves in the offseason and we get that second act on this roster. I, I, I think, you know, we can make noise in the playoffs for sure. So do you think that's Drury's biggest challenge going forward up to the trade deadline is adding depth pieces at this point? Yes, but I also think it's kind of tough for him because the Rangers have so many young assets. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to see going into this season, because I, I truly didn't think we'd be where we are right now. I, I kind of want to see what we have in all this youth. And I think, I think, you know, Gallant and Drury have done a pretty good job at, you know, getting that those guys ice time, you know, the, you know, Nils Lundqvist, get him as many games as possible. Jones, let's see what he has. Now Schneider is in the lineup and he seems to be 
you know, stepping right in and playing that, you know, third pairing physical role, just play it simple, get the puck out and get off the ice. I, I, you know, I really do think this balancing act that they had to perform this year is, is, you know, it's, it's working out and, you know, unfortunately we can't have all these pieces. So I think that will be, you know, the toughest decision they make of who do they part ways with and who do they bring in, you know, a guy with term or, you know, a rental player like a Giroux or something to kind of, you know, balance out this roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I Looking at your defensive side is where I thought maybe they need to add something because they do have a lot of young pieces there. But heading into the postseason, maybe you need a little bit more of a stabilizing force. But realistically, it's a team that right now, if you look at it, you don't really want to mess with the mojo. But at the same time, you want to make sure you have that added piece that you need if you want to try to make a run here early in the window because it is very early in the Rangers playoff and contention window wholesale at least well listen there's a lot of pieces I think the Rangers need and and certainly you hit the nail on the head with a defenseman Um, I'd be surprised if Chikrin finishes the season anywhere else except New York and you know that's kind of what the rumors and 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 what the the NHL chat lines are, are kind of saying so I, I would think he comes in and there's our solid six that we can go and go to war with essentially. And then, you know, I think we really need to kind of look out of our look at not the middle six, but our third line and mm-hmm. say, you know, what do we have? What do we have out of Kako? What do we have out of Lafreniere? You know, the, the Heedle experiment, is that over? Um, you know, I have my opinions on it, but I'm curious to see what Drury has, if he's going to be a little overreactional or, kind of be a little bit patient and maybe hold out another year. Mm-hmm. It's always been kind of quiet around the NHL when it comes to trades. There's been a, very few trades, so something has to be up or in the water. At least that's that's my belief. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. But let's get to, obviously, the bulk majority of, of why I brought you on here. Let's talk about goaltending on Broadway. I mean, first and foremost, currently, you have Igor Shesterkin, which if you basically ask anybody, he's the leader in the clubhouse for the Vesna Trophy. I mean, a guy that missed several weeks is out there putting up absolutely ridiculous numbers. Doesn't seem like he slows down a bit. Can you talk a little bit about what makes him such a dominant force between the pipes and just your overall thoughts about Shostarkin's season so far? It's kind of weird because I, I know we'll get into it, but when you go from Lundqvist and then you, you get, you know, Shesty in net, you're kind of just like, nah, Shostarkin, you no, know, he's solid. He's good. Because so you seeing the best goalies in the league, you know, for years. And then... <laughs> we get another one, which is great. And uh, yeah, it's, it's scary because as a Ranger fan, we know what good goaltending looks like. We know how much they can carry a team. And, you know, it's great that we have Shesterkin and it's great that he's having the success that, you know, he's had, especially this season. But, you know, again, you want to be overly cautious and say, you know, let's not have him carry this team, you know, let, let, uh, let this be, you know, uh, a balance act here. You know, we got to be able to outscore our opponents some nights and we got to be able to, you know, just lock down and maybe win a one, nothing game. We can't have Shesty stand on his head every night, even though that seems to be what he kind of does and, and he's thriving right now. So it's great having him and, you know, I'm just glad we locked him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, especially on, on a contract like that, being able to have, you know, going straight from Lungfist to Shesterkin, I do remember, and I have egg on my face because of it, because I tweeted at you guys a year and a half ago, and I said, man, having Lungfist 
and then also have an Alexander Georgiev, such a good duo. And I don't know who it was, but it was from the Broadway Boys Twitter. They said, oh, wait till you see what's in the pipeline. Wait till this guy Shesterkin comes up here. You're, there's, he's, better than, he's better than Georgiev. And I was like, geez, embarrassment of riches. But at that point, I had no idea. Well, you know, and it's it's funny that you even brought up Georgie because it's like he's really, you know, he's had his bad moments and, and it's got to be frustrating for him mentally because we all know a goalie's game is 90% mental, you know, going being Lundqvist's backup and then now essentially having this kid just come out of nowhere and be just as dominant and now have to back him up. Um, you know, you'd like to see as many starts as him, you know, from Georgie this year and and possibly trade him. Uh, I just know. Uh, Benoit Allaire, our goalie coach, works magic with any backup that we have. So I'm confident letting Georgie go in a trade, uh, knowing that we have him, you know, there to essentially coach up uh, whoever comes in next as a backup. But um, yeah, I, it's 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 pretty crazy. And you know, it's it's after Hank and having Shesty, it's really, you know, you kind of shake your head and just you know, realize how lucky you are. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Hank a little bit, because this is obviously it is Henrik Lundqvist's big week. It's it's a huge thing you see on social media. I've been watching videos, collages, everything, and just remembering how good Henrik Lundqvist was for that New York Rangers team. So obviously the number retirement is coming up on Friday night. What does his career mean to you as a Rangers fan? Man, well, when I was in it, I was one of the big proponents of trading Lundqvist, believe it or not, which is everyone, you know, called me crazy, but it was almost because he was too good. And I was like, he's masking every deficiency this team has. He's winning us games that we don't deserve to win. He is the best goalie in the National Hockey League. And you're not going to win a cup just with a goalie. We can't win one nothing every single night. And you know, looking back, you know, I feel like I was 100% right. I mean, some of the saves that he's made, he's carried us, you know, through the playoffs. He's won us rounds. I, there isn't a more clutch goalie I don't I don't think I'd want in a game seven than Henrik Lundqvist. And, you know, as just a fan growing up watching the New York Rangers and, and watching them, watching him in my prime of my, you know, youth of, you know, still playing the game and, you know, you know, going to college and seeing him, you know, all through those years with all my friends that were Rangers fans. It was, it's, it's amazing just looking at back at his career and, you know, he was the New York Rangers, you know, there were no all-star. I mean, we had our forwards, we had our defensemen, McDonough's and just the, you know, captain Cali. It was, those were, those moments were great. Those players were great. And, you know, they were, did special things here, but nothing, compares to Henrik Lundqvist I mean he is the New York Rangers it's it's just it's undeniable he he's the I I would put him as you know the most influential player certainly of my lifetime uh as a Rangers fan so obviously the question has been asked ever since that retirement announcement came out everybody looked around and said is Hank a first ballot Hall of Famer so I pose the question to you James is Henrik Lundqvist first ballot for the Hockey Hall of Fame I, I I would love to hear the argument against that. Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, if you just watch hockey, you know, during mm-hmm. you know the the teens here, Henrik Lundqvist carried teams. And he won playoff series. I mean, you know more than anything, being you know a Pittsburgh guy and the you know the battles that we had in the playoffs. And if there was ever one player that I think you know deserved a Stanley Cup, it was him. And 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 if he was on any decent team if, if he was on Pittsburgh honestly 
you you might have won the cup every single year. It's like he was that good. And um, you know, there were certain moments and and you know, especially in the playoffs that, you know, uh, and I bring up this moment because it really was like, oh my god, we might actually do pull this off was against the Canadians and uh, cl- clinching to go to the Stanley Cup final and he just kind of does that rolling over save and he d- definitely didn't even see the puck, but he just knew it was kind of there in that vicinity and, and knocks it away. And it's just like at that moment, you're just like, thank God we have Hank. Like, like he is this team. He's going to will us to this, you know, the promised land. I know he's going to get it done, but unfortunately uh, the NHL didn't uh, update the rule book and uh, we were a uh, goalie interference away from winning the cup. So we'll blame it yeah. on that. <laughs> Obviously, he had a great career, and, and no doubter to me, at least, and everybody that I've asked that question to, I've seen a couple people saying, I don't know about first ballot, but that's there's always going to be naysayers. We're seeing it with the Baseball Hall of Fame this week. There's always going to be people that just argue for the sake of argument. But before I let you go, I have one last question for you about Henrik Lundqvist. What was more impressive to you, his acumen between the pipes, in net, or his style? Because his style game, I mean, he was the first to do it. We see all these kids now. They're coming into the arena. They're saying, yeah, look at me. I'm dressed up. But no, Henrik Lundqvist is the king for more than one reason. And the way that he was able to pronounce style before basically any other hockey player. Well, yeah. No, it's 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 funny because, you know, I'd always make fun of him. Like, I'm like, can you concentrate <laughs> on, you know, just winning us hockey games here? Like, I don't need to hear, you know, what, you know, you're playing you know, the guitar with Dolan on the weekends, you're, you know, you're doing modeling, you're on every billboard in Manhattan, you know, whether it's a watch company, soup company, whatever it was. And, you know, he, he embraced it. And it was almost like a, a Joe Namath type aura around him where he was not really a, a playboy going to the bars, but a playboy as in like, you know, he was just more than just a hockey player. He was, he was like a piece of New York city. And, you know, it, it's crazy just kind of watching him, even in retirement, still be that influential where, you know, everyone's just like, wow, I mean, he's just a good looking guy, always looking sharp. And you don't even, you know, I mean, obviously I still do, but, you know, I, I think kids growing up are going to see him as, you know, almost a, an analyst with the New York Rangers, but they're going to focus on the fact that, you know, he was probably a top five best goalie of all time. And, you know, and he did it looking really, really good. <laughs> so, um, uh, personally, I would say for me as a fan, it was really impressive to see what he was able to do between the pipes. I mean, he carried teams that maybe not playoff worthy, maybe not even Stanley Cup finals worthy, but he got us there. And, you know, every win that he was a part of, it, that was his win. He earned those. So, it, it you know, for me, there's there's nothing like – you know, there was, there'll be nothing like Henrik Lundqvist ever again. Even Shesterkin wins the Stanley Cup. It's just Hank was his own entity. He was the New York Rangers. And again, just so, so happy as a fan to be able to experience him. Well, Henrik Lundqvist, number 30, will be going up into the rafters on Friday evening with an 8 p.m. start time against the Minnesota Wild at MSG. Before I let you go, James, pump what you got going for the Broadway boys or for the morning skate. What's coming up for you and where can the folks find you on social media? Well, social media, Broadway Boys Pod on Twitter, uh, Instagram, again, Broadway Boys Pod. Uh, You know, we're dropping two podcasts a week. We're humming along here. We kind of just want to be steady Eddie with the New York Rangers. I I mean, I wear them on my sleeve. I'm 
as emotional as any New York fan is about this team. And thank God I have Andy. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because and anyone that listens to the podcast would say, you know, I, I'm the crazy emotional one and Andy kind of reels me in. Uh, but th- it's, it's real. Like th- I see Andy almost every day at work and, you know, our, our, uh, our chemistry is the, and our reactions to everything and everything New York Rangers is hundred percent real and authentic. And it's a fun podcast if you're a Ranger or hockey fan. So, uh, tune in Broadway Boys podcast. You know, you know where to find it in the Hockey Podcast Network. Awesome. Well, one last time, James, thank you so much for joining and a little bit of the insight that you've had on Henrik Lundqvist and as well as the New York Rangers. We'll see if they can keep this up. I I sure hope so. And hopefully your you know, Penguins finally lose one or two games here. So <laughs> we'll see about that. But thanks one last time. Hockey fights, lifestyle and tales from a first round draft bust. We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm host Nick Berlansky, and you know what? This is also brought by DraftKings. Show sponsor DraftKings. You can use promo code THPN wherever, I mean, obviously, at DraftKings Sportsbook for great odds and opportunities. Promo code THPN. So thank you again to James for joining. Loved his insight there. Obviously, you can hear how much Henrik Lundqvist meant to the city of New York, meant to the New York Rangers organization as a whole, and how much he meant to one fan specifically. It's one fan's perspective, and that's why I wanted it on. I wanted to have James on because he he has his own personal perspective, and I think that's very special, especially whenever you're looking at at just wholesale stuff online, wholesale stuff, which is what you're going to see in the broadcast tonight. It's nice to get a personal perspective from James about what Henrik Lundqvist meant to him, what his favorite moment was especially. So uh, it was a great interview and I was very, very happy to be able to do it. But let's finish off this episode with a three stars of the week segment. And starting off at number three, let's just stay with the New York Rangers. Let's talk a little bit more about the Rangers because we talked about this gentleman when we had James on a couple minutes ago. My third star of the week, Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers. And four games played this week, Kreider had five goals, seven total points, and just a really good week for Kreider. He just the beat goes on for this guy. He's had a really, really good season. But more so than just the fact that he had seven points in four games, including five goals, his first ever 30 goal season, as we mentioned, and the first NHL player this season to reach the 30 goal mark. So if you're gonna get your first 30 goal season, might as well lead the league, lead the rocket race, and be the first player to put up a 30 bucket on the NHL season. So shout out to Chris Kreider. It's been a great year so far. We'll see if he can continue this. Listen, Alex Ovechkin has been dominant this year for the Washington Capitals. He's a guy that's going to be in Hart Trophy voting. He's a guy that's about to pass Yarmir Yager for third all-time in NHL scoring. And Chris Kreider is pacing him in goals. And like I mentioned, I think on a live stream on Tuesday for the Hockey Podcast Network, that we're in a weird time 
and an amazing time for the National Hockey League. I talked earlier in the show about Trevor Zegras, a young rookie who is lighting the world up, who's scoring highlight real goals, who's putting up great numbers, as well as guys like Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sider. Jack Hughes is starting to take over games. We have these young stars getting so good from such a young age. And then, of course, we have guys in their prime like Nate McKinnon, like you know Connor McDavid, Gabe Landeskog, these Braden Point figures. And then we also have this older generation that is so good. Alex Ovechkin is still lighting things up at, what, the age of 36? Evgeny Malkin, since returning, has been really, really good. Stamkos is really good. And then my number two star of the week, Sidney Crosby, he's doing really good as well. I mean, people are not really giving Crosby that much credit this year, but he's just plodding along as good as he's ever been over a point a game. And this past week, is just another example of that. In five games played, he has scored five goals, so a goal per game. Tack on three assists. He scored eight points in the last five games played. He's played five games in the past, what, seven, eight days? And he's still going out there and performing extremely well. Not only has he put up those counting stats, but he's been integral to his team. He's playing great on both ends of the puck. And also, he scored the shootout winner on Sunday against the Winnipeg Jets. That stat goes basically nowhere except for you know, just... Hey, pat on the back. You have your shootout stats, but nobody really gives a crap about shootout stats. When they show the percentage at the beginning of everybody's shot, it doesn't make a, a dang difference. Nobody talks about that. But a nice shootout winner for Sidney Crosby on Sunday versus the Jets. The only player in that shootout to put the puck in the back of the net, able to beat Connor Hellybuck. And like I mentioned, five goals, three assists in five games played. Two of those wore three game or one was a four-point game, one was a three-point game. So there were a couple of games where he didn't notch a point. But, I mean, Friday's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, he scores a hat-trick, tacks on an assist, four-point night, including a weird, geometrically beautiful empty net goal that he scored. And then he had a three-point game, I believe it was on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? It might have been Tuesday. I don't remember. Against Phoenix or Arizona Coyotes. It might have been Tuesday. I, I don't recall exactly, but still, eight points in five games for Sidney Crosby. He's still plodding along as one of the best players in the National Hockey League. He's not getting talked about. He's probably not going to win awards, but the Pittsburgh Penguins are sitting in first place tied with the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes right now, so I'm sure Crosby will take that any given day. So the number one star of the week, you know, this could have gone to a couple people. I had about six or seven players this week that were deserving of a star, but I had to obviously break it down to three. There was only one guy that went out there and just, I mean, he had a, a five-point game, five-assist game for the Calgary Flames, and then he's tacked it on with four more points in the course of the week and just four games played. So three goals, nine assists in four games played. My first star of the week goes to Matthew Kachuk of the Calgary Flames. He is, uh, I said it's a weird time in the league. It's a great time in the league because there's stars basically everywhere. There's players that are so talented everywhere. And Matthew Kachuk is just, again, similar to Crosby in Pittsburgh. He's just plodding along there being a great player. Three goals, six assists on the week and four games played, including a five-assist game last week. He was part of, obviously, a historic night for Calgary a couple days ago when they played Columbus. They shot 62 shots on goal. On the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then absolutely, I mean, they scored, I think they won 6-1 to or 6-2 to or something like that. They blew them out. And the Flames, I mean, they're playing better hockey. They're trying to bump back into a playoff position. They're a better team than they were showing for a while. Obviously, the COVID issues don't help. But they're starting to heat things up, and Matthew Kachuk 
is a massive, massive portion of that. So congratulations to Matthew Kachuk, who I believe this is the second time I've put him on the three stars of the week from the Hockey Hotbed. But first star of the week is Matthew Kachuk. So let's run down it one more time before we say goodbye today. Third star, Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers. First ever 30-goal season. First player to 30 goals this season. Second star is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Great week with five goals in five games played, including a hat trick against the Columbus Blue Jackets division rival. And Matthew Kachuk of the Calgary Flames is my number one star. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again to James for joining the show and giving us his insight on Henrik Lundqvist. I will be tuning in tonight again. That is going to be available on ESPN+. Plus. Especially, there's going to be a separate tab for the Henrik Lundqvist number retirement ceremony. So check that out. If you have ESPN+, Plus. that's where I'll be watching it. If not, uh, it's going to be shown, on, I believe, on MSG. That is the home network of the New York Rangers. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for everybody for tuning in. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Have a good weekend, hockey fans.